HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Square. If you run a restaurant or business, Square has the tools to help you stay connected to customers, shift your business, and navigate this uniquely challenging time. Learn more at square.com slash go slash speakeasy. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. How are we doing, Bills? Doing well, good, man. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here with a tequila lime and soda in my bedroom uh, with the uh, blankets all over the place so that we got some sound reduction. Uh, and, you know, uh, I know that we're all, again, uh, this is uh, many shows in a row that we're doing separately instead of being in the studio together. Greg and I here in New York. Damon, you're out in California, and none of us are in the same room. So it's, it's unusual, but it's becoming usual. I'm feeling more and more comfortable. I'm in my underwear. Wow, didn't need that information, buddy. <laughs> I didn't send you a photo. I just told you. Okay, fine. We're you're all saving in that our for underwear. Instagram later. Exactly. We all we're got all... inspired by those fins a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're technically all in our underwear, but we're also in more clothes on top of the underwear. So, <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. Fine. Yeah, New York's a different animal, pal. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was the hippie in California, and you guys are running around just in your underwear. Come on. Um, I, the thing that I find even stranger than that is that you're, you're drinking a tequila soda when we're about to talk about whiskey. I don't have any, it'd be shocking. You'd be shocked to know, or maybe not shocked to know after this long of quarantine, I have no whiskey left. I've moved into, I was drinking cachaça earlier this week. I'm drinking, uh, uh, tequila today. Uh, you know, I'm, my stores are getting low. Uh, don't you own like five bars that you can go pillage? Yeah, but. Getting out and about is not as easy as you think it is here in New York right now. I don't know. I need I need a restock. Well, that's for sure. I, I'm sure you have a bottle of 1909 old Overholt or something like that. Line I do, thinking. in fact, have one of those left, and I'm saving it for a special occasion. Today doesn't. You're saving mark it for a rainy well. day. I mean, come on. This is this is about as rainy as it gets, man. This is when Today you should be drinking that Overholt. Today doesn't mark enough of a rainy day to, to break that thing out. Uh, no, actually, that? Uh, spe- spe- well, speaking of that the whiskey, I'm, I'm actually thinking about auctioning it off to raise money for the bar. Oh, um, well, I was going to ask you about auctions too, because you sent me a text the other day about uh, Sotheby's auction. Uh, they're doing all this Prohibition era barware. Are they doing yeah. spirits as well? No, this auction is mostly about barware, uh, but beautiful stuff. Um, one of the one of the things I saw was a. Um, a pewter 1930s inspired, well, not made in the 1930s, uh, 1930s style uh, binoculars, which is two, I believe they were six ounce, six ounces each flasks that look like a pair of binoculars, and the bottoms of them pop off to, to have to make cups. Really gorgeous, but uh, you know, nice. auctioning off, auctioning off for starting price of fifteen hundred uh, dollars. Um, and then there was this nesting bar kit from Germany, again 1920s, so during Prohibition, um, wrapped in leather, really gorgeous. A lot of cool things. Um, that, that you'd be interested in. That's why I sent it to you to, to take a look. I sent it to you and uh, Robert Simonson and Dave Wonders and I was just like, guys, I know we don't have any money to spend, but it's 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 fun to look. I'm um, glad that you put me in that group. Thanks a lot, man. That's well, very kind I, of you. 
I know you're a nerd that collects a bunch of old junk like I do. Uh, old, old, useless, <laughs> hey, out-of-date junk. I, I collect you. <laughs> I got, yeah, I I my, got I you. Myself. I acquired you a long time ago. Um, I put myself in that category. Have you ever seen, there's this like really cool, like it's I, maybe it's a little bit past Prohibition era. It's, it's kind of like Deco. There was a company that made them. It's a really cool caviar service. And it's like silver. And it's got like a shell on the top that's like a molded shell of silver, and then it's got like slots for six shot glasses that oh, all around I, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want yeah, those. Are, my birthday's next are, month, so just keep that in mind if you uh, see one. Hint, <laughs> hint, everybody. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. Um, uh, so, speaking of uh, drinking, what are you having, Greg? Do you have anything in front of you? I actually busted into this bottle of Singani that I've had around because like, yeah. like it sounds like Southern I've sort of, I've gone through all of the, you know, quote unquote regular stuff. Like I'm at a, I'm at a whiskey. Uh, I had a bunch of Pisco. I was making Pisco martinis with a rotating cast of Bitterman's bitters for about a week that were delicious. Um, and because I'm between Campari runs, uh, I was found this Singani that I don't know when the last time I touched this bottle was, but I'm being reminded what a beautiful, wonderful spirit this That's is. Great, yeah. In I fact, have... this is uh, the only, it's the base of the only cocktail I've ever put on a menu that I designed specifically for the name. Uh, there is an old Bolivian cocktail called the Chew Fly. Uh, it's pretty simple. It's um, Singani, ginger, and lime. And I mashed that up with the last word and I brought it to my boss at the time. And I told him, Ryan, this cocktail is called the C word. I'm flexible on the spelling, but not on the name. And so the <laughs> S-E-A-W-A-R-D was on the menu at a very nice restaurant for about a year. Very cool. <laughs> nice. I like that. I, I had, uh, before Souther came on the show as my co-host, uh, before you came on a long time ago, um, I'm dating myself. I'm pretty damn old. My again, my birthday's coming up. <laughs> but uh, uh, I had uh, Steven Soderberg uh, on the show, and we talked about Singani, uh, the product that he brings in, and it was a really fun time. Uh, good guy, good stuff. I yeah, it's great juice, uh, man. On the other hand, uh, you know, Souther said that he's not tapping into his reserve bottles, but you know, for me, whenever I travel around to all these wonderful distilleries around the country, around the world, you know, I always like try to get the I always bring back bottles and I always put them you know in my my cabinet it's like kind of a trophy of like the, the boss's cabinet you call it right cabinet yeah in Grand Army and what I opened today that I wasn't really expecting to but makes sense to do it is um I opened a bottle of rabbit hole rye whiskey and I got this a couple summers ago um I was down there when I was the brand ambassador for Brooklyn Gin, I was down at Camp Runamuck, and uh, I got to tour the Rabbit Hole Distillery. And holy shit, I'm like, you know, I'm a I'm a total design and architecture nerd, and I was just blown away by this facility. Uh, it's really it's like a fortress. It's like it's but of like mid century, like kind of modern contemporary architecture. It has one of the most amazing tasting room bars up at the top that I've ever seen. It's it's probably the most impressive distillery I've seen to date. And luckily, we have the good folks from Rabbit Hole on the show today. So I'm drinking appropriately, Souther. Take a take a note from me. Hey, I'm doing what I can do with what I'm I got. I'm giving Greg a pass because he's new. <laughs> I'm also going to say I think any level of drinking right now is appropriate drinking. That's absolutely correct. Given yeah. where we all are. Yeah. Uh, well, Damon, that seems like a perfect segue for you to bring in our guests. Why don't you bring them in? Yeah, from, absolutely. From their from their respective distant studios. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wondering if uh, if we're in Louisville right now, or uh, or, if, or New Orleans, maybe, or New Orleans, <laughs> or where where we are. But on the show today, we have the good folks from Rabbit Hole. So we got Carolyn Rosen. We have the founder, Kavizamanian. Am I saying that right? Yeah, um, cool. Nailed absolutely. it. Absolutely. He's like mm-hmm. clo- he's like close enough. <laughs> <laughs> We've got these two on the show today, and I'm really glad to uh, be able to talk with them about this wonderful whiskey that I'm enjoying right now. I got to, like I said, I got to visit um, the 
I guess it had probably just been constructed, um, like right before I got to visit. Chris was your uh, your guy working there. He'd hit me up. He saw that I was in Louisville at the time, and um, we uh, we connected. And he said, "Come by. Let me show you around." And what a cool distillery! Very like I don't want to say hip, but like it's like it's you just got to see it. It's really cool. I mean, you can take tours. You can check it out online. Um, very cool, very cool. And then Carolyn Rosen, she's are you in New Orleans or where are you? I am. Cool. I am in New Orleans. And uh, and she's the president of the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. I want to welcome you both to the show. Um, it's you know you're in two places that I would really love to be right now. Uh, but Same. obviously, you know it's things are different right now from what they would normally be like. But uh, but you know at least we can share some time and some drinks today on this show. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Thanks yeah. for having us. So let's get things started off. Uh, I mean, I asked Southern, I asked Greg, are you two uh, having anything while we're, I mean, I know it's early for some of us. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's noon here, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was wondering if you might be enjoying uh, a little quarantine or, or whatnot. <laughs> I'm having a glass of um, our Ford Wayne bourbon. Um, which is called Cave Hill, and we just released a um, cask strength version of it. So I'm having a sip of that right now. Nice. And that just came out, like the the cask oh, strength. Um, yeah, it's just a recent release. It's actually not something that we've released wide. It it was um, a commemorative bottle that um, I gave as a kind of gesture of gratitude, thanks to uh, the folks that. Uh, helped me launch the brand. The people that, um, from an investment standpoint, were with me uh, a few years ago and have now stepped aside. Cool. And how about you, Carolyn? I'm sticking with some rabbit hole today. I'm lucky to have a couple of bottles in the house. And Souther, it sounds like we need to send some your way, ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for you. I'm like, how do you not have any? But I I'm can, just uh, rhyme, sipping on it. my address right away. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's sad that you're without it, but now I'm just having some of the rye and sipping on it. And I'm on the side having a little bit of iced tea. I still need a little bit more caffeine today. <laughs> so oh. I don't know what that makes it, but um, that's yeah, my favorite I, drink in the world iced tea. I, I, I love can't have whiskey. it. <laughs> I love whiskey. Yeah, I know you have caffeine problem. I love whiskey with a, with a, 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 I hope it's sweet tea. I grew up in the deep south myself. In fact, I lived in New Orleans for several years. Um, well, I hope you're having whiskey and sweet tea. But like, wait, so there you, you forgot the, the addition uh I, I, I lived in new orleans for three years so they tell me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna correct it? all your mistakes today so yeah. <laughs> well, you're really taking me to task um as i sit here in my two-piece uh, just my underwear and my glasses um uh Kave, let's talk about you a little bit um, i'm fascinated by the fact that you left a uh, a career uh, i'm assuming pretty successful career as a, a psychologist am i right and you went into uh making whiskey yeah, you know, I uh, I cut my teeth in the hospitality business when I was um, when I was kind of coming of age, if you would, in college and graduate school, and uh, and um, I was a psychologist for about twenty years, but uh, always had a soft spot for wine and spirits, and started coming down to um, Louisville about sixteen, seventeen years ago, and and caught the bug, and that was the beginning of it. Down to where are you from? Um, I grew up in, uh, actually, I was born in Iran um, and grew up in Southern California and then moved around a little bit, um, Arizona for four years for college and then New York um, and then Chicago for 18 years before moving to uh, Louisville. Yeah, love, uh, uh, well, I've lived in all those places, actually, Southern California, Chicago, except for Louisville, but I love it down there, and I've been there, down there a few times. I'm overdue for a revisit, and I'd love to see this distillery that Damon just described. Um, talk to us a little bit about what's going on with your uh, Dream Inside program. Um, I see that you're, you know, you're donating a lot of money, and you're partnering up with, with the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. That's why we have Carolyn on the show, so you guys, I want to I hear about that. I want to get that message out to the people so we can participate in whatever way we can. So tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I think from the days of being a shrink, I, I always thought that, you know, a lot of um, issues kind of coalesce around a couple of points. People either have a hard time finding what they love, or if they do, they have a whole, 
hard time finding the gumption to go after it. And, um, you know, with this COVID crisis around us, it seemed like um, an opportunity to think about how we can step back and find out and think about what's important to us personally. I think it's definitely a reset for a lot of people. And for us, um, was the same. We wanted to make sure that somehow we're helping out and contributing to the folks that are on the front lines and represent us day in, day out and tell our stories. So, um, you know, Tales of the Cocktail seemed like a natural partnership for us. We have um, really a soft spot for organizations that um, have an educational bent and also support the industry and um, started talking to uh, to these folks and Carolyn and team came through for us. So it's been a fun partnership to to get off the ground. Yeah, and what are the sort of parameters for uh, average folks? I know you've got, uh, you know, like a, um, uh, you're, you're, you're matching uh, or you're donating yep. for every uh, yep. hashtag of two, the, the number two, two dream inside. Uh, and I assume that's on Instagram. Um, but how does, how does all that work? Talk yeah. to us about it. Yeah, it's a pretty simple idea. I think the idea is how do you, um, you know, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you dream of? And, um, and it doesn't have to be anything grand. It could be small. It could be big. Whatever it is, um, share that dream with us on social media. Tag a couple of friends and um, hashtag number two dream inside. Um, and um, what we do is we basically for every post contribute two dollars to the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. We kickstarted it with fifty thousand dollars, and we're going to match it up all the way up to two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, that's amazing. And I Very looked cool. at your website right before coming on the air today to see that it looks like you're with your $50,000 kickoff, uh, you're already over 100000 When did this begin and how long is it going to run for? You know, um, we're going to do it as long as we get to the 200000 I think we're committed to get it to that point. And, and I think now it's getting traction. Um, probably Carolyn could be um, would be better at telling me exactly when we started. I think it was like two weeks ago, Carolyn, if, yeah, I, if I'm guessing was- correctly. It's it's been a huge outpouring, but yeah, we launched it about two weeks and two days ago, I believe. So two, weeks um, and two days ago, really, we've been doing a dream. lot. Of- <laughs> <laughs> two dreams. Cool. Yeah, it's and sorry, this is Caroline hopping in here, but um, you know, one of the things that was so great when we started talking to Cave is <clears throat> he and not to say that others don't, but just the culture that they have and, and their need to give back and. Um, this is a, it's a beautiful distillery. I've taken a virtual tour. I've sadly not been able to visit in person yet either, but just so thoughtful. And for a company, um, rabbit hole is not the biggest guy on the block. And I think that it's really important to say that for a company your size, it's just so wonderful that you're investing back in this industry. Um, so we're grateful. Thank you, Carolyn. Yeah, we're really excited about this partnership. And like I said, um, we want to give back and, we wanted to be narrow in our spending. You know, in the past crises, typically dollars that go out, they get kind of um, in some ways lost in the shuffle. And we knew that uh, with you guys, we're in, we're in good hands and those dollars are going to be put to good use. Absolutely. Very cool. Have you- um, yeah, that's, I would, I would like to, sorry, Damon, I would like to ask that. What, uh, how are the dollars going to be uh, used effectively, Carolyn? What, what are you going to use this, uh, this funding to accomplish? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think there are a few different ways in which it um, will come in. And what we wanted to do immediately with the initial $50,000 gift was be able to give back to a, a group that has really, really um, helped us. And the beautiful part of this relationship, as the rabbit hole team has said, you know, Tails, we just we want y'all to be good stewards of this and really help us along the way of how we can do that. So it's not just through our education um, where we've been doing weekly um, different seminars and podcasts, but we wanted to directly give back to our cocktail apprentice program. So we were able to go to the 2019 class and give them um, almost a $900 each uh, gift, which is really impactful and very quickly. Um, That's that's incredible. Yeah. And and the cocktail apprentice program just, you know, those are some of the best of the best. I I know a a lot of y'all are familiar with that, but it's, it's a training ground, it's community. And um, that's just one of the ways. And and we look forward to more education and um, we're just so grateful. Again, as as the numbers keep going up, we just get more and more excited. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's powerful. The Caps, uh, Cocktail Apprentice, uh, known as the Caps, they come in and they 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 work their asses off throughout the uh, the week of tales of the cocktail. They're they're kind of behind the scenes because they're getting the job done. Uh, it's a great networking opportunity for them. I know many Caps who've come out of there with with uh, friends for life and and have made the uh, uh, you know monetize that into uh, working opportunities and things like that. So it's it's great to know that you're taking care of that group yeah. of folks who come in and really work hard and, and are probably struggling right now when they can't go to work. And, and that $900 check probably came in really handy. Um, seems I like love, a good time. I love, I was going to say, I, I really love like what you said about like, there's a lot of camaraderie. It builds a lot of networking uh, vibes, you know, a lot of buddy tattoos that come out of that system. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was a cap for about four minutes uh, unofficially. Um, I was so, down so how there. many tattoos did you get? I, well, I didn't. I, I got two that year at Tails, but um, but the, not a cap tattoo. I I uh, was down there. Tanya Guffey, Frank Cisneros, and Nick Jarrett were all caps, and I can tell you oh, how Lord. long ago it was. Um, yeah. And uh, I <laughs> we were at the Montelion, and they were batching in one of the back kitchen areas, and we just went in to say hi. I think I just started this sh- this show, like right around that time. Yeah, about a decade ago, and um, walked in. They were like batching cocktails, and I went. I was like, "I'll help, whatever, cool." And I, <laughs> I went to open up some bottles of of cognac, and the the foil uh, capsule cover on the top of the the thing. And I, I <laughs> twisted a couple of the caps off, and then one of them cut me. And I, I was like, "All right, well, I'm." I'm done. Your, that was my career. Your career, my career, <laughs> your career my ended pretty prematurely. But you know, it was great because, like, there was a uh, there was lots of alcohol there, you know, to uh, to take care of me. So, Sanitize. <laughs> um, seems like a good time to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors here at Heritage Radio Network. We're going to come right back and keep talking with Cave and Caroline from uh, uh, Rabbit Hole and Tales of the Cocktail Foundation about the good works that they're doing to support uh, our industry. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Square. We all know that this is an incredibly challenging time for our friends running restaurants and small food businesses. With social distancing in place, people are staying home and eating in, and restaurants have had to pivot to pickup and delivery only. HRN would usually be recording our podcast from our studio inside Roberta's, but since they've had to close their dining room, they've ramped up their frozen pizza production, set up a wine and grocery shop, and seen their delivery orders skyrocket. Like Roberta's, many restaurants have been changing offerings day by day as they figure out how to best serve their customers. If you run a restaurant or small business, Square has the tools to help you adapt. One of these tools is the Square online store. It lets you set up a free online ordering page with curbside pickup and local delivery so you can keep customers safe. You can deliver orders yourself or integrate with delivery partners. Its order hub lets you manage all your incoming orders in one place, no matter which delivery partners you choose to use. Square has all the tools to help you stay connected to customers no matter where they are. See everything that's available by visiting square.com go speakeasy. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. We've been cutting it up uh, during the break and ready to jump back into it. Uh, we've got Kabe and Carolyn in the studio, the virtual studio today. And we were talking a little bit about Rabbit Hole, talking a little bit about Tales of the Cocktail. And I think we should talk about what the hell's going on and what's going to happen this summer. Um, can we talk about, I, I think the question on a lot of people's minds around the world is... You know, what's going to happen with Tails? Like, can you uh, speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, what in the world? It is such a, as we're all living proof, it's such an interesting time that we're living through. And I think you're being so genteel. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It's a shitty time, Caroline. This is, this is awful. (laughs) I I need like two more drinks and then the accent will really come out. And I'll be like, we can't understand her. She's Uh, cursing all the time. What's going on? I'm from Oklahoma. So it'll, (laughs) it'll happen. Um, no, I, mean, I think that we are just try- trying to navigate it like everyone else yeah. is. Um, we are committed to celebrating that week. And everyone said, or, you know, have you thought of postponing? And honestly, we just felt like everything was getting postponed. And what we want to do is we want to bring together community. We want to have education and we want to have a place 
to really execute those two things. And so we will be going primarily digital. Um, we do have um, a few different options in place where if bars are open in your community, then we would be able to send people there. That's we're still working on because it's just, it's tough. I mean, New York is going to be closed until September. Is, is that right? Is that what I heard last? And uh, yeah, we, we still don't know. It's still a variable. Um, yeah. you know, we got a lot of variables that we're up against. We don't know when we're reopening. We don't know what the restrictions will be when that happens. We don't know uh, how long it will take to loosen those and get back to full capacity. So we're scrambling around trying to come up with plenty of contingency plans um, uh, based on having a huge couple of variables that we don't know the, the, the number to. So uh, yeah, we don't we don't know, but yeah, I'm curious to hear what you'd like to do if we were open. Yeah, so you know, our whole point is obviously to be digital. We want um, our seminars to be; they're all going to be pre-recorded, which is really exciting. And then what we did learn from our education committees and our other committees is, you know, people still want to be able to connect. So on our schedule for that week, which we will be releasing, I believe, at the um, around June fifteenth. Um, we will have Q and A's and opportunities for you to be able to connect with those individuals on the schedule. There will be, I mean, a lot like new Orleans, there were going to be brands that are doing fun things. Um, we're going to have the spirited awards as well as Dame hall of fame. And then what we hope to do is again, have all the bars that want to be technically, as you look at it, like a tails bar, um, we want to be able to put them on our website and app so we can push people at an appropriate uh, space to go to those bars and um, celebrate the tails spirit. So that's kind of the goal. Um, we're still working out some of those in-person details, if it's even possible. It's definitely a moving target. Um, we also want to do a huge... Uh, which I'm really excited about. We want to do like the world's largest cocktail hour. So we're working on putting that together where we can have bars all across the globe um, kind of send along a toast as we go into the spirited awards, which speaking of spirited awards, congratulations, y'all. Congratulations on your nomination. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Third time yeah. of the charm. Third <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, it, I, shamelessly i'll point out that last year i was the most nominated person uh and i didn't win anything uh <laughs> this year i've got two nominations so maybe it'll go the other way and we'll win something um but you know happy to be invited to the dance no matter what uh and and love tales of the cocktail i've been to i think nine out of the last 11 uh as mentioned before i lived in new orleans for a bit um uh, different career when i was there though i was a chef uh and i love new orleans in general so I'm really happy that you guys are pivoting and doing everything you can to make it still inclusive, even from a distance. So are you going to wear your kilt again? Like, even if it's from home? Absolutely. It's, yeah, my, cool. it's, it's a formal affair, right? I'm going to yeah. wear my kilt. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch a, a champagne bottle cap in my uh, USPS hat like you do with your cowboy hat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, uh, so you're going to try and do a bunch of digital stuff. And I know that because I just got reached out to from uh, a panel that I'm on uh, talking about prohibition um, that we're, we're going to, we were selected to do one of these di digital things and I got no further information. He just checked to see if I was still involved, uh, still in. And I said, oh, absolutely. What else have I got to do? Um, also I would be there if I was, you know, if this were normal times, if this was old earth. So yeah. what's going to happen on my understanding, and you can clear it up if I'm wrong. My understanding is we're going to record the thing in advance uh, and then that'll, it'll get played at a certain time. And during that time, we will, all the panel members will be live and available to field questions. Is that how it's going to go? Yeah. So we're going to push everyone. So basically your, your live discussion will be put on the schedule. And what we ask everyone is to watch the panel before them. So, you know, it's not a live, but that opens it up. And, and what we might do is actually ask, this is, you don't you haven't even been asked this yet. We may even ask panelists if they're willing to do two different Q&A sessions, call them. Uh, one where we can really hit our Asian counterparts and some more of the European bartenders, as well as some of the U.S. bartenders. And, and that's really the thought process behind this, is if we have the seminars recorded and then we do Q&A sessions with the panelists, um, there's more opportunity to share that. So it will. So you're saying basically, you're saying basically, we would do it twice as a, a secondary. Like I'd, I'd get up in the middle of the night and do this so that we can reach a different market. I love this. This is great. 
I mean, if you're willing. I'm 100% willing, and I don't know anyone who would be involved that would that would balk at that. Like that's the way we can reach a larger audience and, and be more inclusive. I think I think uh, you know maybe we can talk about that a little bit. You know, I feel like Tales of the Cocktail since the since you've been on board since uh, uh, you know my good friend Neil Bodenheimer has been on board since the Solomon family took over. Your your one of your main focuses has been inclusivity. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know when we when we took over uh, February eighteenth of I don't even know anymore twenty eighteen. Um, one of the big premises was it, being inclusive and uh, really making sure that we're not just highlighting uh, one specific person in one specific area of thought. And we we really launched that with our Beyond the Bar programming. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wondrich, Wondrich has gotten a lot too much play. Too much play for Wondrich. We need to, we need to move on. <laughs> yeah. Totally agreed. I don't want to know that. <laughs> that guy's got enough plates to have a dinner party. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think like it's great. Game of Thrones level, like, size dinner party. It's like, he's, he's won so everything. <laughs> but I always say, like, you know, like when we yeah, were first David nominated, Spencer. the first year that the uh, broadcast podcast uh, category came up, you know, we were up against Wondrich and you no know, Rothbaum, and you know, I, I, I love one like Dave Wondrich is awesome. He's been a good friend of mine for a long time, and he's a neighbor to my Bar Grand Army. And like, you know, I would say that you know, if you're up against Dave Wondrich, the best you can hope for is second place. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm happy just to be like, just to have our name next to us, you know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Caroline. Please, Sorry. please no. continue. <laughs> I was I just, just saying. Dave Wondrich a couple jabs there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Texting Dave, got this. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I think one of the ways that we've also strived to be inclusive, especially, you know, awards are always tough and there will always be criticism around them. But we also launched our regional awards. And that's not, we, we don't do them for podcasts yet, but we obviously do them for um, a lot of the bar categories. And it's been really lovely. Um, it's been a way for us to really highlight, and that's the goal, right? The goal is to highlight uh, the many members of our community. And yes, there's Dave Wondrich. He's our Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there's so many people doing wonderful things. And, and that's the goal. We've got a great community and we want to to help spread the good word. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think people realize enough that, like, the, the critics we're talking about, right? The, I don't think they realize enough that, like, your your own resources are somewhat limited, right? You can't. Uh, there's there's nearly no way we can get into every single bar, restaurant, hotel bar, hotel restaurant, etc. to even to even get them ranked, right? So, uh, I think uh, one of the things that I learned the hard way uh, is that you're only in the game if you put yourself in the game. I don't think people realize uh, easily enough that to, to get nominated is to nominate yourself. You have to get yourself in front of the judges or you're, or you're not going to get in there, right? So we literally had one of the pillars of our community this year. Um, she, she did not nominate herself or her institution, and she'd asked a friend to, which people do all the time, especially women, because we're like, oh, we don't want to seem like we're being braggadocious because there's a, there's a spot on there that says who's recommending you. And the only reason it's on there is like, if there's like a problem, right? Like, or like, Hey, can you confirm how many bars? It's, it's not like people don't look at that when they're voting and her, um, it was like miscategorized because I mean, we get thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of nominations and anyway, long story short, it, it didn't make its way through. And we like went back and we looked at it. And I was, I said to this human, I was like, we've got to spread the word to nominate yourself. It is not, it, it is not tacky. It is nothing else. It's like put in the right information. It's a system. If bad information goes in, bad information comes out. And um, so, yes, please next year, anyone that's listening, you don't have to be in the spirits world. If it is your favorite bar, your favorite bartender or your favorite podcast, if you're listening, um, you can nominate and anyone that has something they want to nominate themselves for, please do it. We're not going to judge you. Yeah. Uh, I, I fall victim to that myself. I, I definitely wasn't aware in my earlier years that I was, uh, uh, uh encouraged to nominate myself. Um, and it all, it actually came to me from, uh, a, a colleague in the in the field, um, my friend Ryan, maybe um, he he said, "Hey man, I, you know I put in a vote for you for the nomination you got." Um, 
uh, but your it was for spirits list or what have you. Uh, and he goes, but but we didn't have a list of the spirits, so I don't know how far it'll go. Uh, and I was like, oh, uh, whoever nominated me didn't put in a list of spirits. And then I thought to myself, well, how would they have that actually? And he goes, yeah, you got to nominate yourself so you can turn all this information in. Exactly what you just said. The yeah. information needs to be clear and present, so it needs to come from the horse's mouth, as it were. Uh, and I didn't know that. And the next year, uh, I, I, I so I didn't make the, even the top ten. But the next year, I turned in the spirits list at Amori Margo, and we did get nominated uh, for yeah. top ten. Uh, you know, and so and that's happened again this year because we have updated it and we keep we keep nominating ourselves and. Uh, I think that's important to know that you, again, you're, you can't get it, it, it's, it's just like it, boil it down to a, a brass tax. It's just like any cocktail competition. Uh, my drink isn't going to get judged if I don't place my drink in front of the judge. Exactly. Right? That's so, point. Yeah. So I think that's good to know. That's a lot uh, of, probably more than y'all wanted to know about uh, spiritual awards, but we're excited. And you know, the <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I think it's important stuff. Um, and again, I'm really excited to see that inclusivity is really becoming the watchword with Tales of the Cocktail. Um, yeah. The regional awards, the the more awards throughout the world um, are really bringing the community together. You know, I've said it many times on air and off. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I'm in a career field where I can see or read about someone in my same field uh, and, and, and literally ring them up or shoot them a text or DM via any social media platform and ask them questions about, hey, what do you I saw this article. You're doing this great thing. Can you tell me about it? And they will. I don't know if that would happen if I was an accountant, and I certainly don't know, uh, Kave, if that would happen if I was a psych psychologist, right? It's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I think there's there's something really wonderful about this industry. I can certainly attest to it from um, as a producer, if you would, that um, you know, here in Kentucky and I think in the craft world, people have really embraced me and embraced the team at Rabbit Hole. Um, as Carolyn said, we're relative newbies, and it's just been amazing to to see people open their arms and um, and just welcome us, which is something you don't really see in other industries. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Rabbit Hole a little bit. Uh, please honestly inform me and definitely the listener. I don't know enough about your your brand or, or your, your background. So, again, you left psychology to, to open up a distillery, and, and I don't know how long ago that was. And talk to me about from there to now. What's What's going on with Rabbit Hole? Yeah, you know, um, I started, um, I think, conjuring up or thinking about Rabbit Hole probably about 10 years ago and officially started it in 2012, so just about eight years ago. And um, my approach was really from a consumer standpoint. From the very beginning, I didn't want to go out there and just get sourced liquid. I think that uh, the toughest thing I had to do, and I um, scoured the state of Kentucky to try to find a distillery that would make my recipes for me, um, I think you know Souther probably as a uh, as a culinary person, you have an appreciation for this. That I realized that back in the day in Kentucky, there were um, at one point literally thousands of small farmer distillers and a lot of different recipes and and some local folks that kind of got accolades because of what they were doing. And and I wanted to, in essence, be part of um, a kind of a renaissance, if you would, of bringing some of those recipes back to life or creating new recipes. And that was the beginning of it. I wanted to cut through the noise and make sure that we make whiskeys that are one of a kind and they're not just uh, buying a bottle, uh, buying a liquid and putting it in the bottle and calling it a name. So, um, you know, in a sense, that was the beginning. We started with contract distillation, uh, was fortunate enough to trade barrels, if you would, empty barrels at the time, to be able to get a contract back in 2014 and started laying down whiskey then. And then um, after that, started getting busy thinking about um, where and um, what type of distillery we were going we're gonna to build. And it was Louisville, Kentucky. And the idea was, how do we build a distillery that is completely immersive? I wanted to make sure that manufacturing or uh, production of whiskey is... is um, sexy for lack of a better word you know people talk about manufacturing and bringing back manufacturing but we wanted to essentially making manufacturing of whiskey in this case something really appealing that people learn about and all their senses are heightened that's what the goal and objective of the distillery was to be able to make amazing whiskeys but at the same time have hospitality and manufacturing hand in hand so it's really a one-of-a-kind distillery where I don't think there's any distillery like it here in the U.S. where you are literally lifted off the manufacturing floor and you're able to have a 
360 degree perspective of what it takes soup to nuts to to uh, make our liquid and then land in the overlook, which is right above, perched up above the the atrium where we're making our whiskey. And you're able to have a cocktail up there and, and have a bird's eye view of the entire place. Um, you know, it was also uh, part of the dream was how do we get Americans to get excited about their native spirit? There's um, still, I think, a lot of folks that don't know about bourbon, nationally speaking. And we got a long way to go. And this is where Again, partnerships and having folks like um, people at Tails to help us get the word out and particularly the word out with um, brands like Rabbit Hole, where we are committed to making sure that the whiskey in the bottle is truly one of a kind. I, I can attest to everything you just said. I mean, like like I said, I've been to the distillery and I was I was blown away. I mean, and, you know, it, it wasn't just like the. You know, obviously, you got to talk about the juice in the bottle. But like, I, you know, again, like as a design nerd, I was just really blown away. Oh, my dog's barking in the background right now. But um, <laughs> um, banjo, but, banjo, the dog is barking. <laughs> um, sorry about that, guys. Um, but you know, I was really, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical about newer. I'm, I'm such an old school classicist kind of person when it comes to spirits, as I know that Souther is too. Um, it's kind of hard for us sometimes to get our heads around like a new brand on the market that's doing something a little different, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, Souther doesn't drink anything that's newer than 1909. Uh, you know, that's, that's only partially true. Yes. Yeah. Well, but, but, you know, um, I, I just, the whole, the whole package, you know, like the, the whiskey's great. The design's cool. I love that it's not. It's the location in Louisville. So have you been to Louisville? Have you hung out there much? Uh, yeah, I've been to Louisville a couple of times, and I've definitely been down there for Tales of the Cocktail and ventured over into the town to check everything out. Wait, Tales of the Cocktail in Louisville? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Camp Runamont, Camp Runamont. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, we should we should cruise down there and go to, like, Jack Fry's and, and Dukes and all that stuff. And, uh, oh, yeah, hang out, with, hang out, hang out with Bernie and, and get shown the town, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. There's some great places here. I think between the food and the bars, it's just um, we're all bummed out because of this COVID thing. But once we get back online, it's a it's a great place to come out and uh, have a drink and and great food. Yeah, I just I, I love everything you did with the whole brand. I mean the the business and the brand it's it's amazing. And I like I really like I like seeing the legs that it has. You know, I I'm seeing rabbit hole everywhere. You know, like this, this bottle that I brought out to California that I took from my bar, you know, like that, that I got from the distillery. And I actually, I wear a rabbit hole baseball cap, like almost every day when I'm, it's my, my bicycling and fishing hat. And, uh, it does have a grateful dead pin on it, but you know, like when I'm not wearing a cowboy hat, I'm wearing a rabbit hole hat and I'll send you a picture of that. Um, but yeah, I, I just it. think, I think everything, it's just, it was like it's been very well done. I mean, like the whole business is great, and like obviously it it really like what counts is what's in the in the bottle, and that's incredible too. So like I'm just I to be honest, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm kind of jealous of, of what you created. Here. <laughs> well, you know, you know, and I think that's that's where this two dream inside kind of um, I think initiative was really about because in some ways it was really loosely tied to my dream. My dream was to make sure that we make something, we build something that um, is um, timeless in some ways and is able to really stand the test of time and eventually become a classic like some of the amazing great brands that we have out there. Um, and for me, it starts with the liquid. At the end of the day, if the liquid's no good and the liquid is not really truly stands on its own, then the rest of it is just fluff and nonsense. Sure. But I think you know we are ultimately in a business where it's the liquid but the rest of the experience is part of it. And you guys, from a hospitality standpoint, you know it firsthand that it's really the emotional kind of sensibility and the, the feelings that we're trying to, um, you know, come to life, bring to life for our, for our patrons. And I think that was the idea behind Rabbit Hole, that it can't just be just a good liquid or just a good looking package. But what is the brand story about? And to me, it's essentially in line with, you know, the whole spirit of, um, Kentucky, 
where you got all these folks starting to move west. They're chasing a dream. It's really manifest destiny. And how do you follow your dream and you you actualize it? And I feel very blessed and very fortunate that I've been able to do it. And in some ways, we're hoping to be able to inspire other people um, to do the same. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, it, it seems apparent that you are the the quick the the speed at which this uh, uh, this initiative or activation, whatever we're going to call it, uh, is taken off. It looks amazing. So again, I just want to cover it real fast uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kavi, but it's uh, hashtag is two the the number dream inside um, and. Uh, uh, when you hashtag any photograph that you put on Instagram, $2 gets donated, and we're going to do this until we get $200,000. There's no time limit. We're going to $200,000. That's the deal, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. Pretty amazing. Um, I want to ask you just real quickly. We're coming to the close of the show, uh, Kave, but you you talk about the liquid a lot, and, and um, uh, you know I, I'm sure that's delicious. I don't have any in front of me to taste while we talk, but um, – where did you come up with your recipe? Like uh, leaving the field of psychology and going into the field of dis- distilling isn't uh, isn't a natural jump. Uh, and you and you're the you're the head <laughs> distiller, correct? So where did you come up with this uh, uh, this recipe? And and how did you like formulate it in such a way that you can grow it into a business that makes you know uh, you know lots and lots of liters at a time? Yeah, you know, I was fortunate enough to being in Louisville. I met a lot of uh, amazing. Um, quote unquote experts, if you would. My first um, teacher uh, it was uh, Larry Ebersol. Larry was um, the master to sort of the uh, wild turkey when Pernod had them. And he was also at uh, the old Seagram's plant, kind of came of age with Jim Rutledge and Dave Shurik and those guys. So through Larry, I met Jim and some of the other folks. And essentially, all these guys took me under their wings for the first year or two, taught me everything there is to know about it. And of course I was doing my own studying and things like that. And for me, the craft beer movement was, was a source of inspiration. So I started experimenting with a lot of different grain bills and things like that. That's kind of the way the name came to be because my wife kept saying with this cockamamie idea, I'm going to take the family down the rabbit hole. So, um, um, I was experimenting and worked with Larry a little bit and then eventually uh, decided on a couple of recipes and then we we started it. And since then, uh, now at the distillery, we have five different bourbon recipes that are in production. There's only two on the market currently. But the idea is to kind of take it to where in some ways wine is now as opposed to where it was in the late 70s and early 80s where people ordered by you know, essentially is either red, white, or rosé. And we want to do the same thing with whiskey. I really want to get to a point where Americans or just people around the world are educated enough that are not ordering by the brand, but but essentially the style of whiskey or the type of uh, flavor profile that is in the bottle. And that's that's kind of the direction that we're going. And, and those gentlemen were uh, really instrumental in helping me get it, get it started. And that's fascinating for me on two levels. One, of course, is what we talked about already, how our industry is very uh, open-armed and willing to share information and be helpful. And it sounds like you got lucky enough to get involved with like a murderer's row of amazing distillers <laughs> who took you who took you under and, and gave you some insight. Uh, and then also this notion of promoting whiskey as different you know styles so that you can order appropriately maybe with the meal that you're having or the atmosphere that you're in i think that's a fascinating approach and i think it sounds really rad yeah no exactly i think we're working with a couple of um local chefs here bobby benjamin for example with wichitown grocery he is a he is an amazing restaurant and uh, uh he's got a night where there's just food and whiskey pairing all night and spectacular stuff and it's really how do you get people to get a little bit more comfortable with ordering whiskey with throughout the meal or at least in smaller portions to be able to enjoy it and, and see the difference between different uh, expressions? Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, well, it looks like we're kind of getting towards the end here, um, uh, but really great to have you on, Cave, and, of course, Caroline from Tales of the Cocktail Foundation, Cave from Rabbit Hole uh, Whiskey. Um, love this initiative that you're putting on. Again, it's hashtag two dream inside. The, the number two dream inside is the hashtag. Anything you post uh, with that hashtag on there gets a $2 donation to the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation, which goes to support lots of different things, including the CAPS. Um, and I'm sure you're, you're donating, you're, you're pushing those funds to other places as well, Caroline. I don't, I don't know where else you're going, but that, that alone is a great initiative. Um, 
uh, yeah, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up? No, on my end, I was just going to say thank you so much for um, having us on this uh, show. And uh, it's been a pleasure to chat with you guys. And Souther, definitely send me your um, address because you're cooped up. I'm happy to send you a couple of bottles just so, uh, you know, you're not uh, uh, you're not without rabbit hole. So I'm not dry. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, yeah, it's right. kind of it, it's ironic because I just <laughs> ran out of my bottle here. <laughs> I'll send you my address, too. Send uh, the address, brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just, you, just got to the end of my 1909 overhaul. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so sure, stay on the line uh, before we, you know, after we close up, and I'll gladly give you that on the air. Um, Caroline, anything you want to uh, add that we, we, we need to know or that's imperative about Tales of the Cocktail or about uh, sweet tea or anything going on down there in New Orleans? <laughs> no, I just I hope that everyone can join us digitally, at least in July, and we'll be sending over that information. And good luck with the Spirited Awards. I hope, um, I hope to see you all in the next round, and thanks for helping spread the word. Yeah, um, maybe we should send you some whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do you uh, have any sway over this situation? <laughs> yeah, no sway. We'll, we'll talk off the record. Uh, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much again for being on the show, both of you. Uh, it's been really great. I, you know, again, like, thanks again for like doing what you're doing with Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. Thank you for doing what you're doing with Rabbit Hole and the Two Dream Inside. I think, you know, there's, you know, in these kind of crazy, weird, strange, not so normal times, we're, we're seeing a lot of really fun, creative, and very thoughtful ways to take care of each other and keep things going. So I just want to say thanks for that. And uh, I can't wait to, uh, you know, have a drink with you both in person uh, when we're able to do that. As soon as we're able to, we're going to fly down to New Orleans and over to Louisville and hang out. And we'll go to Butchertown Grocery because that place is awesome, as you mentioned. Um, I I love Louisville. It's one of my favorite cities in the United States. Um, I can't wait to go there. And also, I think New Orleans is the most unique city in the United States. And it's it's got a spirit like none other. So... You're both in good places. If you have to be stuck somewhere, I think you're you're in good places. <laughs> um, so that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many other program, programs like this one. I've had too much whiskey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. Heart. Yeah, right? Click on the beating heart to donate to the station. Check out all the other ways you can help out our industry and our friends. And until next week. Cheers, y'all. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>